Hosanna. And you know, Hosanna just means praise. Praise to the Son of God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. It is Palm Sunday. Starts Holy Week. We're getting ready to get into some things. And, and you know, I'd love to tell you, man, I am so excited about Palm Sunday. And I got a whole sermon about Palm Sunday, but I don't. I'm going to weave Palm Sunday in, but I'm going to continue on with some of the, we've talked about vision, and we talked about last week, the vision, know him and make him known. Now, this is a regional vision, and if you're at the Cedarville Church this morning, you say, well, same vision down there. Same vision is manifest in two different ways. These are two different churches, folks. Sister churches, but how many of you got kids? How many got more than one kid? How many know that they're different? Even twins are different. So we got twin churches, but they're different. Different personalities. Um, actually, there's a different mandate. And I will tell you, this church right here has got a huge mandate in this entire region. It is, and I'm going to talk about influence in a minute. Huge influence in this entire region, in my opinion, should be the largest influence as far as bodies go. Now, I am not saying that we're not the, we're the only church that's preaching the word and doing it right. We're the only one. God wants you both. No, I'm not getting in. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but God wants to do some major things with us. And so we talked last week about knowing him. And, and how do you know him? Obviously, the word of God. You've got to be in the word of God. Because if you don't know the word of God, how do you know God? How do you, if you're not in the word, how do you know the character of God? Because here's the thing. I know because I know that on the front of his shirt is Popeye. I know that is the truth, because I know who Popeye is. If somebody came and tried to tell me, that's olive oil, I say, no, I know the truth, and I'm free of lies. See, the truth will make you free of the lies. So if I know the word, that means I know Christ, I have that intimate relationship. Somebody can come and try to lie to me, but I've been set free or made free of that truth. I know the truth. I know his character. Somebody honeys up to my wife and says, you know, that husband here is kind of goofy. He's got a big mouth, and he talks for a long time, and I don't really like him. You need to be with me, baby. She knows God. That is outside the character of God, and she'll slap him down, and then I'm going to hunting. <laughs> Just saying. I'm a righteous man, but I'm not all the way righteous yet. I'm still working. God's still working on me. All right? But if you know the character of God because you know the word and you know him, you know the character of him. And it's very hard to be misled or led astray. And then we talked about how else do you know him? By prayer. You want to know God intimately? You best be praying. If you're not praying, you're, you're, you're going to wind up in trouble. And then we talked about praise and and we talked about worship. And we even talked about, here it comes, the word a lot of us don't like, be still. Ooh, that is hard for me. It really is. We got married and we went, and it, we went, it was after our honeymoon, I think our first year of marriage, we went out to Maine. We, she's got family out in Maine. They've got a cottage out in the ocean. It was cool, man. We went out there. We were, and we were supposed to go for a week, right? I was there three days and I was pulling my hair out of my head. Because there's no phone, there's no TV, there's no, it's, it's be still and peaceful. Heaven forbid that we have any of that in our lives. And I was just pacing, I was like a caged animal. I got to do something because I have a hard time being still. But do you know that there's some times that you just need to be still and shut up and let God speak to you? 
I know some of you are looking at me, you're preaching heresy, man. No, it's difficult sometimes to just be still. Do you know, and I could, I could do an experiment, but I won't, because I know it would happen. If I told everybody, hey, listen, during worship, just, all right, be still. Nobody say anything. Just meditate on the Lord. Like this. People would be saying, what's supposed to happen? What's going on? I don't know what to do. Somebody's supposed to say something. Pastor's not talking. Apocalypse is happening. (laughs) Because we are not good as a people at just being still. We almost, it's almost this demonic thing that's driven us that says if you're not busy, you're not productive, you're not productive, you're not godly. Wrong. That is American, Americanization, if you will. Hi, baby. We sometimes need to just sit and be still. And so we talked about how do you know God? That's another way. Now, I want to I go on. Also, I'm just going to briefly backing up because I'm not preaching a long time today. I'm going to get through what i got to get through. I also said, and this was a revelation to me. Maybe it wasn't to you. We're talking about vision, and we talked about, um, again, one of the great vision verses, and I'll read it to you, is that in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation or vision, the people perish or cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. And we use that for vision. And we use another one in Habakkuk about um, where, uh, though the vision tarry, wait, because it will certainly come. And we use those as casting a vision in the church. But that verse right there is, if there is no revelation of who Jesus is, people cast off all restraint. You don't know who Jesus, take a look outside in the world today. They don't know Jesus. Restraint has been cast off, folks. Anything, anybody, any, if you feel good, if it feels right, you do it no matter what God says or what anybody thinks, it doesn't matter. You just do it. Okay? So when we're talking about the vision, one thing I realize, how many of you remember when we came to pastor this church, there was some debt. This church has got some debt. And I declared we are going to be debt free. That I believe with all my heart is part of the vision because I know God and God wants us debt free. I made the statement. I believe in a year we'll be debt-free. Do you know God gave me a vision of being debt-free? My goal was in a year. You got it? Do you know what happens when you set a goal on God's vision and you don't meet that goal? Guess what happens? I'm disappointed in God. Where were you? Wrong. Though the vision tarry, you wait. Because if it is God's vision... God will bring it to fruition. When we start making goals on God's vision, then we've got to make them happen. If we make them happen, we're going to mess it up. I had a vision. When I got born again, three years of Bible school, and that third year of Bible school, man, I'm getting out. I knew I'm calling. I'm going to do this thing. I had a vision. 25 years later, here I am. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you why it's so important that we let God have his way in the vision. If I'd have gotten out of Bible school and I'd have been, and God would have put me in a position where, where I'm at to even today, people would have been hurt. I would have been in destruction because my character was not prepared for where I needed to be. And I had to go through some things in my life to develop my character, to develop my, um, my spiritual uh, maturity, if you will, 
There was a time where we had a church, when we were traveling and preaching, there was a church in Grand Rapids, a pretty good-sized church. They wanted us to come and um, pastor that church. I had zero, zero, zero vision, zero inclination, zero anything about pastoring. None. Pastoring? No way. That's a headache, man. Let me just preach. I can come in, preach a fancy sermon, and I can say, goodbye, headache's yours, pastor. Woo! Yeah, wouldn't that be? But, but God had a plan. But God. And so finally, and I'll tell you something, there was even a point where I fought so hard against the vision that God had shown me and what God had for me that I was like, nope, I'm an evangelist and I'm going to be on the road. But then there was a time we were on the road and we came off the road and I said, there's something missing. There's something not quite right. The meetings are going great. People like us. They're having us back. But I know that's not where we're supposed to be. And then God pulled us off the road, and, and he had us a season. I served under men of God. I served, I served, I served, I served. And then finally God opened doors, and then reluctantly, we like, okay, God, are you sure? I was in the Walmart parking lot and got a phone call when we went and took the, the church in Cedarville. I was shocked. I, I was, believe it or not, I was watching the Tour de France on TV. We got a phone call about Sioux Christian Fellowship. And I was like, God, I don't need any more to do. But God has a vision. If I would have planned to do any of these things, that plan would have failed. God has a vision. Don't set a goal on his vision. Allow his vision to be his vision, and you just continue to walk out the vision. Take a day at a time, a step at a time. He'll open the doors. He'll close the doors. Walk through them or don't. So what does that have to do with us? Absolutely everything. So how do we make him known? That is a huge part of this vision. It's the, probably the most important part of the vision. All right, go ahead and throw up that thing. There are seven areas. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about, I'm going to talk about influence today. Okay? It's part of the vision of making him known. Anybody ever heard of Bill Bright? Founder of Campus Crusade. And Lauren Cunningham was the founder of Youth with a Mission. And they came up with this. This isn't my own, but there's seven areas. They said there's seven areas. They call them seven mountains of influence, if you will. That if you want to change society, you influence, you have to have influence in these seven areas. Now, one of the negative things is, and I don't know that this is true or not, this is what people will say against it. They're saying, well, they're saying if you get these seven areas and you get these influence, they say you've got to get these seven influence, these areas of influence fulfilled, and then Jesus can come. Wrong because you don't know a date and a time. I'm using this solely for the purpose of understanding influence. My question is was when I looked at this. How do I influence the media in this country? Do I go and I, do I protest at the, the TV stations? No. What I do is I influence my area of influence, and then your area of influence, and then your area, and then pretty soon they connect, and then pretty soon you're influencing somebody that has some influence in that area, and they influence somebody, and that's how it's done. But it starts with us being an influence. What kind of influence, you ask? That's a great question. I'm going to tell you the answer. 
How do you influence? You better be careful what kind of an influence you are. It is done in word and in actions. Now, I'm not talking about you've got to be perfect. Because I truly believe this with all my heart. People are looking for real. Now, there was a time in my life that I thought every pastor, every, every preacher, man, they, they hovered four inches off the ground and they never made a mistake ever. And I also, there was a time in the body of Christ where pastors were not trying to be real, real because, man, they, they had to have people think that, man, they were something, they were special, they were perfect, they were this, because I'm in the ministry and I've got to be perfect. Let me tell you something. Pastor Scout and his family is not that. We're real people. We're real problems that make real mistakes. I know, oh, I know, I, some of you are, some of you are shattered. I, what? I can't believe it. Thank you. <laughs> Spend 10 minutes with me. You'll know I'm not a perfect man. My wife, you spend 20 or 25 minutes with her before you'll find out. Me? Right away. I'll tell you what, you want to find out the character of a preacher? Take him to the golf course. I have seen some things in the golf course and I'm like, what? You were just, you go, what? Yeah, yeah, amen. You know, in ancient times, men used to beat the ground with sticks and curse. They called it witchcraft. Today they call it golf. <laughs> just saying. No, I, I play golf because it's a holy sport. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I get it. So, influence. So how do we do this? We do it through evangelism. Through personal, local, regional, national, and international. Now, I want to go to Mark 16 and verse 14. Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. He showed himself to a bunch of people. Now, I want you to think about this setting. The disciples are all, oh, man, we lost our leader. Now, it's easy for us to say, because, see, we've read the Bible, and we know that Jesus is alive, but they thought he was dead. So don't be too harsh on it for whining and saying, oh, my leader's dead. What are we going to do? Where would you have been? Same place. You'd have been with them. I'd have probably been Peter, man. I'd have been grabbing my sword and lopping off ears. Okay? And so here's what he said. Now listen to this. I, this is funny to me. Later he appeared to 11 as they sat at the table. He rebuked them. Wow. Jesus is dead. He shows up and shows himself to him the first time. What does he do? Rebukes him. If you did that today, half the church would leave. Yep, there's no love here. He rebuked what? Their unbelief. Because people had told him Jesus was alive. They said, nope, nobody's not. In hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Now, let me read on. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let me stop right there. The word go. Here's what go means. To move out or away from a place expressed or implied. So what does that mean? If I say go, it means go from here, right where you're at. If you're washing the dishes, go means you leave there and you go somewhere. That does not mean I go to Timbuk two and a half. 
It means you go from wherever you're at and do what? Preach the gospel. What is preach the gospel? Proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so that's what it means, preach, to proclaim to every creature. Now, I had to look up that word creature. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, do I stop? And do you preach to the cows and the horses and the sheep? You said creature. So listen, I'm just, I'm being honest. When I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, well, and, and actually, you know, I, I, I did a study, a word study on creature, and it means human being. Deep. Deep. <laughs> study that when you get home. Creature. A human being. Now, some human beings may look like creatures today. But they're human beings. And we're to, we are to proclaim to them the gospel. Now listen carefully to me. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay? Proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to them. Please, for the love of God and every... Let me go over here. I'm, I don't preach over here enough. There's a, I guess there's a draw over there. I don't know. For the love of God and everything that's holy, do not preach your pet doctrine or your anger issue or what you don't like about the church or the pastor or the people in it or what you do. Don't you preach Jesus Christ. He's the one that can save them. He's the one that can heal them. He's the one that can maintain them. Your ideas isn't going to because I see too much of this. When we start making disciples, people like making disciples after themselves. I don't like this. You shouldn't like that. I want it this way. You should want it this way. You're in trouble. And God help me if I find out, because I'm coming to visit. I want a piece of pie. And let's talk. I'll do it with a smile and love and everything. You can kick me out after. But we're not going to have strife and division and your own pet thing. We've got to stick with this. Now, we can, you know what? I, I've talked to people and, and we can disagree about some things. I'm okay with disagreeing. Do it agreeably and let's keep moving down the street. Rather than, no, I'm having it my way. And I'm going to go get my church down the street. It's the church of my way. Then it's the first church of my way and the second church of my way and the 14th church of my way. North Carolina. My dad, Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. Smaller than the Sioux. Probably half the size of the Sioux. And, and this is no lie, and, and I'm not blaming, I won't even say the name of the denomination. Six churches in six blocks with the same name. Except this one's the first street, this one's the second street, this one's the, the reformed of this, and this. Because why? Because two gals in the church couldn't get along, so me and my husband, we're going down here and we'll do our own thing. Please. You know, there's so many times like say, just go out in the parking lot, beat each other's brains out, get it over with, and come on back and repent. Good Lord. You better edit that because that's going to be somebody on the airway somewhere. So, oh, that church, they, they do fisticuffs there to settle their problems. We might have a whole bunch of people here that like that. Hey, I'm going to that church. They, they brawl. Right, and, and if you've ever seen the movie, the first rule of Fight Club, there is no Fight Club. If you've ever seen the movie, you'll, you'll understand. If not, don't worry, it don't, yeah, do not watch that movie. 
See, you're leading me down the wrong path. It's his fault. You know we're talking about influence? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes will be, will be saved and who does not believe will be condemned. Now, I want to I jump over here for just a second to another verse. Um, well, let me go to Mark 16. At the end of that, it says, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. If you look in your Bible, that word them is italicized. That means when they translated it, that italics, they didn't have an English word to make it fit, so they put that in there to make it understandable. I'm saying this will help you. And the, the, they went everywhere and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word. He does not confirm me. If I go in the hospital and 45 people get, boom, out of their beds and we empty the hospital and then the lawsuit comes because I'm taking somebody's money, it's not me. God's confirming His Word. So guess what we need to be giving them if it's going to be confirmed? His Word. Your opinion is not going to be confirmed by God. His Word will be. So when we go, what do we give them? The Word of God. That's going to help them. My opinion about your situation isn't. Hey, there you, well, thank you, Jesus. There's a couple of people here. They're with me. All right. So, now, let me get to the next, my next scripture is Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them. All authority has been given to me. And he's given it to us. Go, therefore, that word go, same thing, from where you're at, go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, that word disciple Someone who follows another person or another way of life and who submits himself to, uh-oh, the discipline. Wait one second, preacher. I have to follow this thing and I've got to be disciplined to do it? Oh, yes, you do. And it is the discipline of this word. This, this is the corrector. This is the one that gives is the discipliner. My life has to be disciplined based on this word. Okay? So, we're disciples. Make disciplined people of all nations. That word nations, again, generally the word implies nation. It was talking more about people that are outside the, the Hebrews, outside the Jewish people. All the, the, the Gentiles, if you will. Also, the, but the Hebrews as well. All people. So we are to go... And proclaim the good news to all people, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we take the authority that God's given us, teach them about the kingdom. And how do we do this? Discipleship is a huge component in the body of Christ that is hugely lacking. And I'm going to say it, Sioux Christian Fellowship, Lational Christian Fellowship, we're not where we need to be with discipleship, but we're going to get there. Okay? That's part of the vision. How do you make disciples? Okay? We do it through discipleship classes that are coming, by the way. Bible studies. These life groups that are coming, by the way. Your, this is something. This is something. Discipleship. Do you want to know why discipleship is so difficult and it's done a lot? Because it's a personal thing. 
and people don't want to take time to do it. And sometimes, might even cost you a little bit of money. Oh! I want you to think about this. Now, now listen. I want to clarify this so you understand. Discipleship is not handouts. Discipleship is helping people get on their feet and teaching them how to walk. If they want to sit down and not walk any further, then you sit there. I've got to keep going. I'm not dragging you to the kingdom. You've got to have a want. You've got to have a desire. And if you want God so bad that you're willing to sacrifice and give something up for it, I will be there and I will help you all that, that I can. But don't tell me that I want God and then make me try to be your God for providing by, for your needs. That's God's job, not mine. I'm sorry. I love you, but I can't do that. Okay? We are not. I am not. Because what happens... What you do is you continually keep be people as babies in the Lord. And you, you're enabling them. So you've got to continue. How many of you were kind of glad when your kids got out of diapers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Say, wait, wait, what? You were kind of glad. But see... A lot of times in our church settings with our discipleship, we keep them in diapers. No, what we want to do is get them into the Word so they can stand on the Word on their own two feet and they can go forward because when, when struggles come and the pastor's not there, or brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so's not there, what are you going to do? If you're depending on me all the time, I'm not always going to be available. I might not get to my phone quite at your crisis time. And What are you going to do? We need to make disciples after Christ, not ones that are after us, okay? And so, some, now listen, you're going to hear this. Sometimes that may seem a little harsh to people. Well, what do you mean you can't do that? I'm sorry, I can't do that. I, I can help you, I can help lift you up and stand you up, but I can't pay your bills every month. Go get a job. Well, there is no jobs. I can get you one. Oh, I can get you a job. There's a want to. Listen, I didn't always have the job I had, man. I remember the worst job I ever had. We had these, this guy had 10 tons of rock. And it was rock, kind of about this. And he, I needed to shovel the rock into a wheelbarrow, take the wheelbarrow down because he had this massive yard. He just, he had this, an acre of yard that he wanted just rocks and trees. I'm thinking, are you nuts? Cut the grass. I did that for about three weeks. I mean, and you, you know, one of those where you can't get the shovel through the rock? Oh, and I was frustrated because you get two little rocks. And, oh, and I was frustrated. And I was saved at that time, but I was not sure of my salvation, I'll tell you. Because I thought, you know, how about I take the shovel and I just beat you down because then it'll be easier. But look, these thoughts go through my head. I'm sorry. I tell you about being real. Now, this was early on in my Christianity. Today, I probably wouldn't think about hitting the shovel. With the shovel, I, I'd probably think of something much more righteous. God, smite him down! Something, you know. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Okay? Now, 
So these are how we make disciples. And this is how we're going to make him known. There's several things that we're going to do in the, that are part of the vision. And there's some, um, you know, I'll give you a great example. I was talking to, to the Shrams. They're artists, okay? We got talking, and they came up with this probably a year ago. Hey, why don't we do some paint classes here at the church? And I was like, that's a great idea. But we weren't ready a year ago. We're ready now. And there's some other things that, that are coming that we're not quite there yet, but, but we're going to be. And the thing, here's my heart. My heart is, is that all of a sudden we've got things that we're doing, but it's not come and see as much as it is go and tell. And let me tell you something. The way you do this is by influence. Don't tell me you can't preach the gospel where you work. Well, you don't know we got a bunch of heathens. Let me tell you something. I, the last three people I have won to Christ, it took me three years to do it. Three years. One of them was a co-worker. You know how it started? How you doing, brother? Good to see us one. God bless you, man. And, and hey, if you're looking a little down today. I'm praying for you. Not, bless God, the word has a word in the Lord. Blah, blah, blah. Shut up, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spiritual six gun. Got another notch in my gun. You know what happened? What kind of a fruit loop are you? Stay away from me. <sighs> no. It was just befriending. It was trying to influence. And you know what? I spent some time. Took him out to lunch. Do you know that there is a spiritual... Do you, how many of you believe, absolutely believe, in the spiritual principle of sowing and reaping? Good luck getting away from it. Okay? I'm out at dinner. I see somebody in my community that I know know that doesn't know Jesus. I buy them lunch. I pay for it. Why? I have sown into their lives. Spiritually, I have a right to reap. So now I can pray over that seed. Why, you haven't? Oh, yes, I did. I just planted a spiritual seed, and I have a right to reap, right? Sowing and reaping. Praise God. And if I plant the seed, I'm believing. Either I can water it, somebody else will water it. It's up to God for the increase and the harvest. But somebody's got to plant that seed. We can do this wherever we're at. So I befriend this guy. and, and we're Well, actually, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. He's not here today. He's our drummer. Three years I spent. Three years. Some issues. And all of a sudden, man, we're praying together. I even, and I even, I, I race, you know, triathlons. And he was interested in that. This, I even took him with me. When you're driving five hours in the car to get to a race, guess what you have time to talk about? How's your life going? And I got to hear about his life. And he didn't say at that time, well, bless God, because you're doing this and this and this, you heathen, you're going to hell, and that's why everything's wrong in your life. No good for nothing if you just do this. No, I listened. And I said, man, I'm praying for you. You know what? The Bible says this, and I know God can help you. Just befriended him. Began to be an influence in his life. And pretty soon he's like, man, I need that. I said, okay, you can have it. I'll give it to you for nothing. It's the only thing that's free that costs you everything. The last three people that I led to the Lord, that's how it was done. And 
after next week, I'm going to talk to you about how do we do this. And I, I've, I think I've preached this here before, but it's going to be a good reminder. There's something God's given me, seven keys. I call it seven keys to evangelism. And it all has to do with developing relationships. See, the problem is, wouldn't it be better? Listen, I am 100% against abortion. I want you to know that right up front right now. Thank you. Yep, I'm going to state that publicly. However, I don't think standing out in front of the abortion clinic, spitting on a little 16-year-old girl that's in trouble and afraid, or shooting, or shooting the abortion doctor is the way to do it. You know how you do it? You grab them around the shoulder and say, you know, it'll be all right. Let me influence you. Let me help you. Let me love you. Let me show you there's another way. And my thing is this. If you, we want to change the school system, start influencing the people that are in the school system, and as a byproduct, that will change the school system. And by God in heaven, be praying for those souls that are there battling every day. Don't write off the school system just because we know it's an evil system, but we got people in there that are battling every day. Battling. I was there. I know the darkness. I know the evil. But let me tell you something. Do you know how many young people I had come to my room in tears? The only place they had to go, knew to go, was to me because they knew who I was and what I was and that I would love them and care about them. If we take that out, then what's left? Darkness. I'm not afraid of the darkness. We can't be afraid of the darkness. Let them protest. Let them spit. Let them holler. We're going to continue to be an influence for Christ in people's lives. You can do that wherever you are at. You don't have to go to Timbuktu and a half. Go to work and be a Christian, a real one that has real problems and real issues and once in a while makes a mistake. One of the greatest things, I'm going to close with this, one of the greatest things in my life is this repentance thing is a great thing i got to tell you, there has been times in my life when my children, and it's still today, but my children were younger. I'll never forget this vividly. They were doing something, and I was, I was having a day. And I just went off. I, I know, I'm probably the only one. I'm off of my kids, man. I'm just so unrighteous and unholy. It's unbelievable. Okay? And I went off, and, and my, they were just little, and they were just, you know, daddy's. Daddy's daddy. Daddy's just bigger than life. And I mean, both of them, just my daughter, she was, forget her, man, she was gone. Oh, daddy, daddy. You look at her wrong. Now, my son, he is a little tougher. You know, but, but just, I broke them. And I was, you know, I don't know, they were probably some toys or something. You know, put that away. Barking, barking, barking. Left. And I mean, the Lord, he hammered me. I didn't handle that. I didn't do that right. I had to go back to my children and pull them aside and say, I got on my knees in front of them because they were little. And I said, you need to forgive daddy. What for, daddy? Because in kids' eyes, adults don't do things wrong. They're always the ones that are wrong. So how do I teach my kids to be wrong? This is what you do. Daddy was wrong in what he did. And I told them what I had done and why it was wrong so they understood. Because when I disciplined my kids, I would have them tell me now, honey, what did you do wrong? So that they understood. You're not just being punished because we're punishing you. There is a reason you understand why what you did was wrong. Then, whatever discipline there was, there was always at the end of it a prayer and forgiveness. Because now it's forgotten. 
It's done. It's over with. But I needed to stand before them and say, Daddy was wrong. And show them that when things aren't done properly, this is what you do. Christians, repent before God. And then you're forgiven. And you can move on. Instead of hanging on to the guilt and the problem and the this and the that. You know, I'm going to say this, and I'll say this again when I get to the seven, seven things. And I'm going to, I am really going to close with this. To be this influence, you have to earn the right to speak into people's life. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about you need to be in some kind of relationship with people at some, some level. Because before I was saved, people that I didn't know, they just walk up to me and say, blah, 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 and I'm like, that's what I think of you. I had a few other words that I can't say in a pulpit and I don't use as a Christian now about what you thought. I don't care what you think. But there was people that I knew me that were Christians that I had a relationship with that would come and kind of say some things to me and I go, ooh, didn't like it. But they had kind of a right because we had a relationship. You've got to develop that because it comes across very, very different with people. And this is the type of influence we have to have on people because people are dying and going to hell. Statistics say every 15 seconds. Every, so, is it every 15 seconds or every 15 minutes? 15 seconds sounds better. Yeah, I think it is too. So in the time that we've been here, how many people are going to an eternal damnation? Forever and ever and ever and ever. Why? Now, we, we can't. People make a choice. I get it. But can we be an influence? Here's my thing. I would rather be an influence and have someone decidedly reject it. Nope, I don't want any part of it. Okay, you've made a decision. My hands are clean. Moving on. Rather than, do you know... It is a seed. And again, any anytime, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but anytime you have any kind of a confrontation or, I won't say confrontation, interaction with anybody and you bring the gospel, there's a seed planted. Now it's not up to you anymore. Six times, yeah. Six times. Because I, I know that, I know one of the things that I've done, The yeah, it, it, they said an average of six to seven times for somebody to remember something. They say that adults, these are adults, have a 15-minute attention span. Now, that's why I jump back and forth and jump up and down about every 15 minutes, give you a little break. Oh, we're on to something new, you know? Because, listen, I'm one of those kids, man. I was kind of one of those, I was, I'm not, you know, one of those ADH kids, man. And, you know, if you're not entertaining me, you know, I'm, I, got, I got a three-minute attention span. <laughs> you know, I was one of those kids. I had an English teacher that was brilliant. Because I was, I know it's hard for you to believe, but I was a class clown. Yeah. yeah. My English teacher finally said, listen, man, I can't compete. <laughs> I said, all right, man. He said, here's what he did. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you will sit there and shut up all week, 
I'll give you the last 10 minutes on Friday to do your stand-up comedy. It was awesome. And I did it, man. And I'd get up there, and, and I, and because, you know, somebody would say something in class, and I'd scribble it down. So, oh, boy, I can't wait for Friday to get And, and I'd get up there, man, and I'd be slamming on this one, saying they'd wad up paper and throw it at me every week. It was, a, it was great. What does that got to do with knowing him and making him known? Influence. We can influence people. You don't have to have a Ph.D. in theology. You just have to know Jesus a little bit. Whatever you know about him, share it with others. Amen? All right, I'm done. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you for laughter in the house of the Lord. But Lord, our heart, part of our vision is to make you known. However you want to do that, Lord, but we know that, that, that the Bible studies and, and personal evangelism and relationship evangelism is all part of it. Help us. Lord, help us to purpose when we get up to just be a loving influence to someone, some way, Lord, and we'll plant that seed. And we thank you, Father, for it. And we give you all the praise. I pray, Lord, that this seed, Lord, we know it's good ground. It would be received today. And, Lord, that we could walk in it. Because, Lord, our heart's desire is to see people come into the kingdom of God, be trained up, raised up, and be able to walk as mature Christians in this hour. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise God. Father, I ask you, bless the food in the back. Rub-a-dub-dub, here comes the grub. Yay, God. All right, go on and eat. Have a blast back there. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week.